Hey, it's episode 5 of the Apocalypse Podcast, where we're pigging out on pork in the name of culinary endeavour. I'm James Bellardi, and joining me as ever is Chief Taste Tester Sam. Hola, Sam! Hola, Hamlet. Sam, slowly but surely we've made it to episode 5. I was looking in the freezer the other day, and I was wondering whether we may have hit the halfway mark with our pig, Bebop. What do you think? Ooh. I think not quite yet, but we're really close. We're close to halfway through. How much Bebop would you say is left in our freezer right now, weight-wise? Hmm. We said he was about 100 kgs, right? Like at the beginning, yeah. Yeah, about 60. Okay. Yeah, I think we're about 60% to go. Which means, according to the NHS recommended daily intake of red meat of 70 grams a day, that leaves us with around 67 individual servings of Bebop. How are you feeling about this challenge? I am feeling a little like I want a bit more of an exit strategy Mm. so that that I know what I've got to look forward to at barbecues and sharing with friends now that we're allowed to do that a little bit more. I agree because I don't want to come out of this on the gangly bit. I want to sort of finish on something nice. Now that we're nearly halfway through and we have eaten quite a lot of the decent bits, I think we need a proper plan. Now, as always, don't forget, if you have any thoughts on pork, or you'd just like to share some recipes with us, then you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by searching for the Apocalypse Podcast, or find us at apocalypsepodcast.com. Sam, what cut of pork are we eating this week? We are eating the skirt. And can you describe the skirt to me as it came out of the freezer? It's quite a long and thin piece of meat it hasn't got any obvious layers of fat but it did look like it has some marbled fat throughout Mm. i couldn't readily identify it if it didn't have a nice handy label on it from the butcher well yeah you don't see it that much out and about in supermarkets or, or again even in the butcher you see cow skirt beef skirt if you like a lot called hanger steak yeah i've seen that in but the, butcher. the pork version relative to the size of the animal it's 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 much smaller beast ours came in at about 300 grams which for an animal of 100 kg is it's not it's not huge no, no. but it's an interesting cut it's basically it's the diaphragm of a pig diaphragm uh, as of course you know comes from the greek word diaphragma which means partition. So if you think about the diaphragm of a human, it's the muscle that separates the chest from the abdomen. And essentially when it contracts, it makes the chest expand, forcing air into the lungs. So it's the muscle and the tendon responsible for breathing. In a pig, same thing. But I guess it doesn't get very much of a workout then. Well, a pig's breathing pretty much 24-7 until it dies. Yes. I'm aware that a pig is breathing <laughs> all of the time that it's alive, but I'm guessing it's not like it's not like the legs, is it? It's not working really hard. If you had a particularly athletic pig, I guess it would be a tougher diaphragm, you know, because it, it's getting more of a workout. I mean, Bebop, we know he had a lot of exercise, but we also know he had a charmed life, so I think he was quite relaxed. Yeah, I and maybe think you're that's right. why our skirt is not that um, fatty. Now, in terms of the diaphragm overall in a pig. Uh, and in any animal, actually, there's a huge amount of tendon in there, which is not good to eat. So when you're buying the skirt, you're not actually buying the whole diaphragm, you're just buying the muscle of the diaphragm, if that makes sense. Yes, thanks for the science and the Greek lesson there. No worries. Isn't it true that sometimes you can see it in the supermarket and it might be called pork steak, or you might buy a whole rack of spare rib and it will still have the skirt attached at the bottom? Yeah, 
Or um, if you're lucky enough to live at a posh butcher, like we do. Live at? <laughs> no, no, no. Sadly, we don't live at a, a butcher. Um, although that would be great for I know. A, Why don't yeah. we live at a butcher's? <laughs> Life goals. If you're lucky enough to live near a posh butcher, like we do, you can get this like special version of the skirt called the Iberico Secreto. So it's like super marbled, like a Wagyu beef steak. That's because the Iberico pigs are like the Wagyu of the pig world, aren't they? Well, they they, they really go to town on, on fattening those guys up, feeding them on acorns But that's what pigs are meant to be fat. Would you like to know why it's called Iberico Secreto? Why is it called Iberico Secreto? Obviously, if it's from an Iberico pig, which are the nice big fat black pigs in Spain that are really well looked after and fed on loads of acorns. And the Secreto bit is because apparently it's very carefully cut from a secret spot between shoulder, ribs and fat back. Mm. Back fat? Fat back. I think it's fat back. Okay. So it, you end up with this really like well marbled bit of meat that ends up being really juicy in flavour and really tender. So I have bought an Iberico Secreto once, maybe twice. But both times it's been more marbled than our cut of, of skirt steak that we had from Bebop. I would say that that Iberico Secreto that I bought, probably a 60-40 ratio of meat to fat on that Iberico Secreto, as opposed to the 80-20 of, of the Bebop cut that we ate. So of all the pork challenges we've done so far, there are two things about the skirt that make it kind of unique. One is it doesn't have those distinct layers of fat and meat like most of the other cuts that we've done. It, is very marble so you don't have to cook it for hours and hours to render all that fat and flavor into the meat in itself like the fat is already in there and two because of that marbled fat you have to cook it rare you serve it pink which you don't often think about when it comes to pork really do you um, but that's why sometimes it's called pork steak in the supermarket right because it actually resembles a beef steak and you cook it like a steak yeah so yeah it presents this kind of interesting unique pork challenge there's not that much pork where the goal is to like get it in and out of the pan as quickly as possible so i looked up a whole bunch of recipes on how to cook skirt and essentially they're all the same you season it well blisteringly hot griddle pan two or three minutes each side let it rest boom it's done sliced it thinly and we served it in burritos bit of fresh tomato salsa salad leaves beans rice etc etc sam can you describe for me how it looked when it was served to you on the plate it was a little bit pink in the middle it had really nice charring lines on the outside and it smelled really delicious i was really looking forward to eating it i would say you know i still have that kind of prejudice about seeing slightly undercooked pork and is it a little bit unnerving can we not get into the conversation about overcooked pork again? Because my parents were really offended by uh, the La Chops episode. Okay, okay. Yeah, you got in quite a lot of trouble about that, didn't yes, you? Yes, I did. Okay, moving on swiftly. <laughs> and then we bit into those burritos. Talk me through it. I can talk about the taste now. You can talk about the taste. It was delicious. It felt really lean, even though I obviously know that it had lots of marbled fats throughout it and that that had rendered into the taste which is probably why it tasted nicer too but when you have the other bits of pork where the fat layer is so obvious you can just like feel it clogging up your arteries as you eat it because you can see it whereas this it didn't feel like that it like it looked and it tasted a lot leaner than it probably was i 
have to tell you, I was slightly surprised by the slightly bouncy texture of it. Does that make sense? Is It's not that sort of chalky, overly dry pork thing that, you know, we're not allowed to talk about because that's not what your parents served you in the 80s. We've discussed that. But, you know, the way that the fat melts into the meat gives it that slightly kind of gluey, oily texture uh, which coats your mouth, which personally I love. Yeah, but I think it's a lot more like beefsteak than any of the other bits of pork that we've had. Yeah, I mean, I think... In terms you, of texture. If you just have, like, a nice glass of white wine or a beer on standby, then it'll cut through all of that. But because of that richness, a little goes quite a long way. I mean, it was 150 grams of meat each, which, you know, as a red-blooded hunter-gatherer male, I would normally happily consume in a starter in a restaurant before going on to, like, a 600-gram ribeye. Even though we know that the NHS recommended amount is 70 grams, we still had double the recommended daily amount of meat. Absolutely. And that 150 grams is a mere double of what I'm supposed to have. It left me feeling sated. Usefulness in leftovers. Well, there wasn't any. Yeah. We ate it all. So if I'm going to mark this down on anything, it's probably the fact that basically there won't be any leftovers. You can't mark it down that we're greedy. I don't think we are greedy. 150 grams. I mean, it's a mere twice the daily (laughs) NHS recommended intake. So, I, you know, there won't be any leftovers. But if I was to guess how it would work as leftovers you know that if you let it cool down that fat that you beautifully melted in your high fast cooking will sort of solidify again and it will won't be as juicy it won't be quite as nice and if you reheated it all that moisture is going to come out so i think this is a one-time deal i think you cook it and then you eat it oh interesting so you think if we had had leftovers it wouldn't have been very nice anyway what a lucky escape yeah there are, there's so many great cuts of pork that work in, in leftover type foods like curries and stews and what have you. And I don't know why you would want to use something as special as a skirt in that. I think you're going to buy a skirt, you commit to eating it in one sitting. Hmm. Which is such a shame then. It's such an underutilised cut. And that I'm guessing normally, if you didn't ask the butcher, please can I have the skirt? What, is it just trimmed? Does it get stuck in sausages? Who knows? We should ask a butcher. Yeah, I think that is what must happen to it then. What a waste. If you were uh, in a butcher and you're looking for something nice out for dinner, would you buy a skirt? 100%. Would you recommend it to a friend? I would. And overall, marks out of 10. I really loved it. So mm. it's not quite the epic cooks of like ribs or a salt baked crusted. It's a Tuesday night dinner. It's a Tuesday night cut. Yeah, but I think that the actual cut of meat and how interesting it is to see how it's used in different breeds of pigs as well. Overall, I'm going to go nine. I really loved it. I'm going to say for a Tuesday, it's a nine. You know, it was a real treat of a Tuesday. And effort-wise, it fits perfectly into Tuesday. If it was a Saturday, would I be as sated as if I had a, a, a steak, like a cow steak? Yeah, but I bet in a butcher, if you asked for this, it would actually be really good value for money. Mm. Whereas if it was a Saturday night, maybe you wouldn't get a British breed pig's pork skirt. You'd get in a Barraco Secreto. And so, that would be a Saturday night dinner. Well, I'm going to go Tuesday night, Mark's, 9 out of 10. Saturday night, a good solid 8. We are at the end of another episode of the Apocalypse Podcast. Don't forget to hit subscribe on your favourite podcast provider to make sure you don't miss an episode of the Apocalypse Podcast. 
And of course, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by searching for the Apocalypse Podcast, or get in touch, find recipes, and more episodes at ApocalypsePodcast.com. Join us on the next episode of the Apocalypse Podcast, where we'll be feasting on even more people for your listening pleasure.